that's good. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's the ritual. We now have a room tone and everything. So, okay, now now we just need like a cold open. <laughs> True. <laughs> Maybe that was it. Okay. That was it. That was the intro. <laughs> yeah. So uh, welcome to this podcast that uh, we don't yes. officially ha- have a name for yet, I think. Yeah, well, we, we totally do. But we do have one. It's called the Trilogos. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Uh, which is a cool name. Uh, courtesy of your Latin nerdage. I don't think it was that, but whatever. It came up casually. Oh, really? Okay, well, that's that's very good. I wasn't ca- paying attention in the very beginning on the primordial soup of the podcast. Is it not? Is it not Latin? I think it. I might. It might be. But it. Well, okay. It, it's like a Latin preposition, maybe, but with a Greek word. So it's kind of. <laughs> it's actually an absolute <laughs> bastardization of all language. <laughs> you made it up. Well, no, but you, you know, you, you'll hear somebody like Jordan Peterson say dialogos or dialogos, right? So then surely there must be right. a trilogos. Mm. That right. must be a concept that exists. Right. If only here. It does. It exists if only here. now. Yes. So I suppose since that is the first episode, we should give a quick introduction of ourselves. All right. Um, I uh, will throw the ball to Nick so you can start it off. If you'd like. <laughs> Resident American. Re- Re- <laughs> For a second, I thought you said President American. And I said, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I, um, I am the, I'm the American. Hi, everyone. Welcome to our little chat. Um, I, uh, I'm a guy. You'll hear opinions from me. And that's my introduction. <laughs> Very well. All right, good that you set the tone there for what's expected. <laughs> there will definitely be opinions. Absolutely nothing is expected. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sam. Um, right, so I uh, am Sam. I'm a Euro. I, I like old things, uh, especially, you know, Latin-related things, and then I do programming. And and that's it. That's me. Groovy. And I'm San. Go by San Jacobs on the internet. Been programming a lot since I was a kid. Professionally, I'm a, a production sound mixer for film, TV, and advertising. But uh, I'm generally a, a nerd with opinions. And that's my introduction. Dude, you can't start off with a pejorative about yourself. <laughs> That's not a way. Well, to a start. nerd is just a—it's just a description, all right. I'm reclaiming Maybe. nerd. It's his personality revealing itself. Yeah, it's only a pejorative if you let it be. Okay, sure. Nerd is kind of a, a badge of honor these days. I don't know what it's like in in your countries, but in the U.S., like when I was a kid, for like two seconds, yeah. nerd was still an insult. But then, like, <laughs> and then and then and then it became a badge of honor, like. Like, oh, I'm a nerd. I don't fit in with everybody else. Like, check me out. But see, see, that's why I don't, why I don't like it. Because uh, many people I have disdain for will proudly call themselves nerds. Exactly. And I actually think that's just cope for not fitting well in society. Mm. <laughs> I can see that. 
maybe we should we should call them geeks to d- differentiate ourselves. No, if anything, geeks is like less contaminated, uh, right? Because you're gonna be like geeking out. Over Isn't something. geeks more comic book people and like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then Marvel you have the movies, the crazy dweeb, which I've never heard anybody actually say. But. <laughs> dweeb, I like that word. Do you do you know? <laughs> do you guys know what Andrew Tate calls these people? No, what? No. Uh, DNGs, dorks, nerds, geeks, all at once. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow! All rolls like, into one. He's like hype about uh, about like insulting these people about like ner- <laughs> like nerds. Anyway, <laughs> dude, 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 that's like the. The your Sander your rune theory. Oh yes, for, for, for the food tag. Like yes. The, uh, uh, do you want? Do you want to just explain that? Because that deserves publication. Yeah, sure. Uh, so, uh, Futark, the old Norse uh, rune language. That name Futark is literally just a word that contains all the rune runic uh, symbols in a word, and and it is written people. Like people write wrote this, and you will find it written around Futark, uh, as though someone had just written A B C D E F G blah, 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 like the full alphabet as a word, which is strange. So it clearly must mean something. Uh, Sam, you shared a theory about oh, yeah. So 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 my one of my teachers in school, he had a theory that actually it was some kind of bad word or some kind of <laughs> phrase, right? Like like uh, imagine. Imagine you had like the phrase for your cause, right? Yeah. And you were just like writing it everywhere. Yeah. That would explain why they would have written it like that. I think also it's possible that because the runes individually were uh, thought to have magic powers or strong enough symbolism to, to assist in certain things, they would essentially function like a buff in a video game. That some would give you strength, some would give you wisdom. And so if you just wrote all of them in one word, you would just have all the buffs at once. Yeah. And so and, Futark and was after born. Having, yeah, after having heard that, I think that's probably most likely. Possible. Right, like, uh, oh, dude, time to put the cheat codes on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> put on the Futark medallion. That's not, that's not uh, how uh, written language works, you crazy kooks. <laughs> can't just like combine everything and expect it to mean something what no but dude it sounds like you're describing some kind of whoa, whoa 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 slow down there i feel like you were very close there to being disparaging about a certain flag that is you know seen very often here these days <laughs> where they just put a bunch of stuff together on one flag <laughs> and call the it the day. yeah they put all the things everybody <laughs> They can't stop putting more of everything yeah. on there. Yeah, we need and, more you know, representation. Not... I, I exactly. thought for, I thought for two seconds you were talking about the American flag because it's so, so cluttered. But, <laughs> but like, and I was like angry, and then I got it, and I was happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. Well, so clearly, I'm just saying, like, we can't, uh, you know, we aren't, we aren't here to disparage the ruling class, or you know. <laughs> Uh, to to <laughs> right, I pledge allegiance to the flag with everything on it and to the food tag. And I suggest George, 
George, George Soros, please, we love you. <laughs> we mean you no harm. Oh, okay. anyway, this is off to a great to start. <laughs> so is, uh, no. we have a topic today, to a certain yes. extent. We do, uh, we do. We absolutely the have thought is to uh, to slowly and gradually, with a ton of uh, freely moving on tangents, read through the singularities nearer on money creation. Well, are we going to read through it? Yeah, what? Are we really going to read through it? I was I was thinking we just tell people to go read it, and then or or we can just shortly summarize the idea. Oh, oh gosh! Uh, li- li- live breaking news. Uh, the J- the Jai secret beta has a, a, the voice channel full for the first time I've ever seen anyone. Wait, what? And it's like, dude, I'm not. Whoa. And I and I and I, I have a little FOMO right now. But we're gonna... yeah, yeah, dude, it would be a horrible <laughs> precedent for you to on the first episode leave to okay, go guys. somewhere cooler. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta talk programming. <laughs> oh man, I want to yeah, talk. I'm not even in the Discord. How do you think I feel? <laughs> yeah, dude, we have the most FOMO. Uh, John's not in it. Okay, well, that's good. I right, do. Then it would be super, super FOMO. Yeah, at that point, I jump out the window. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, so go. So, sorry. This this article is really cool. Uh, can I start yes. by saying that I I, I I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, mm. I did. Well, maybe you could tell us, maybe you could tell us and the audience about it since you're the fresh brain. So we really should have agreed on this because I feel like reading through it would be good. Um, Uh, On the, on the, it's quite long for an audio form. Like it's like, it would be like eight minutes. Do we we read this? It's like, we should just link it and like, no, I don't mean read it all at once. I mean, we read a little part and we have a commentary on each section, sort of. Okay. Well, because we can see, we can spring off of each part, sort of. I mean, okay, yes, we. I I'm willing to try this experiment. I have some doubts about the format, but let's go. <laughs> All right. This is this podcast. Is Take it away. Fifty percent. This is like consideration about what the how to do the podcast <laughs> the best. No, no, no! You're ruining now. Come on, come on! Now we're really disappearing. Yeah. 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 Um, right. Sander, you so, take it away. Right. Uh, the Singularity is Near, for context, is George Hotz's uh, blog, if anyone doesn't know. Uh, computer hacker, uh, first person to, to unlock an iPhone, uh, to carry or unlock an iPhone. In, the father of the jailbreak. Very cool guy. Interesting thoughts. You should read it. Um, so, On Money Creation, published August 7th, 2020. Consider a mining town. Once upon a time, there was a mine, uh, and the mine was the largest employer in the town. They mined copper ore and sold it to the global market. This brought in money into the town, which sprouted a restaurant, a real real estate broker, doctor's office, and church. Although those people weren't employed by the mine, they got enough customers uh, from the miners, who eventually got money from outside the town, who fundamentally got money from outside the town. But eventually the mine dried up, the miners lost their jobs, since the town was no longer bringing in enough money to pay them. The doctors, realtor, and the waiter were still employed as their quote-unquote, as their quote-unquote mines, 
didn't dry up. But they did, as they were really just mining the miners. The town persisted for a bit, passing the same money around in a circle, but with each pass there was a transaction fee. And there were still things like food which needed to be imported into the town. The town went broke, died, and became a ghost town. I, I, <laughs> I'm immediately thinking of a lot of towns that I've heard of uh, and been mm-hmm. to. True, true. Where the only thing left is this service economy where people are just passing money around to each other for haircuts. Mm-hmm. Wait, but isn't this, this is like Europe, right? This is like what I've been told my entire childhood is the future, right? Service economy. Oh, yes. Service economy. Definitely. Yeah, dude. The The time for things has ended. It's all just services now. Yeah. Yeah, th- this is so the case. I think this is part of what we saw when we were in uh, in England, where there was just streets where the only things that were there were piercings and haircuts uh i guess yeah and then a little bit of weed (laughs) (laughs) i there are different i think there are different drivers there but sure there were services in the place we visited yes there was but mostly services it wasn't like there were a few shops but i know but the people who make things don't aren't in town centers and it's like Mm. if if you want to see England's problem with that, right? You go up north and you find just town after town of, right, like ex-industrial town where there are factories that no longer are working. Right, yeah. Right, and then you do have this effect, absolutely. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Going back to the article here, um, all jobs can be broken down into one of three groups. The first constant is the shoe shiners. Bank tellers, politicians, retail workers, clergy, social media managers, lawyers, and the rest of the service industry. An economy made up of only these people wouldn't work. Imagine a town without imports and exports comprised only of this class of people. Consider, uh, considering every transaction always has a fee, regardless of what this town started with, they would always end up going broke. So where does the money come from? There's a literal answer to, the, to this question, but that's not what I want to explore. I mean money in a more abstract sense, perhaps more like wealth or value. The second linear group uh, produces quote-unquote money linearly. This group includes farmers, miners, manufacturers. They create value by the ton, bushel, carton or barrel, a ton of ore mined, a barrel of oil extracted, a bushel of apples grown. This is the only group that could sustain an economy by itself. The third, exponential, group seeks efficiency improvements for the second group. This group includes scientists and engineers, the scientists who genetically engineer crops to get 30% more yield per acre, the engineer who replaces an ox-drawn plow with a tractor-drawn megaplow. This group can't sustain an economy alone, but mixing a few of them in with the second groups, uh, group yields much higher per capita money creation. 
I like the split. And then there's a, yeah, I, I like it too. There's a graph as yeah. well after this. Yeah, showing the <clears throat> um, share of the labor force working in ab- agriculture from between 13 to 1400 falling from 57 to 78 percent in around 1400 down to below 13% in 2012. Yeah, well, and this should be no surprise to anybody, right? Because we all know that we all used to be farmers and now nearly nobody's a farmer. A farmer. Yes. Father. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which is slightly terrifying. Um, and I don't know... So well, in theory, no, because just this graph alone would just tell you that group three has been working very hard. Mm. Yes, true. Um, but the the thing about this graph partly also is that it's split by countries. On Although we don't see many countries on here, we see five, Poland, Italy, France, Netherlands, and England. Uh, we'll see England, which I would pretty much consider the most first world of these um, countries. Yeah is at the bottom of that statistic now. Yeah. They have 1.2% share of labor force working in agriculture, whereas Poland has 12.6. So it seems that there's some sort of, at least hard to draw very good conclusions from something like this, but I have a feeling that it wouldn't be too different in in America or um, really anywhere else, because England has good land. For doing, uh, well, well, Eng- England, right? England is farmed, right? Nearly all of it. Yeah. In, in that case, it is just that the, <laughs> the farmers that do exist are very, very efficient. Um, mm. I mean, they're also very mistreated, but that's a different story. Um, right. But yeah, like you actually don't need. I don't. I don't think they need more people to do the farming. Like not that much more. Right. It's just a, it's just capital investment because farming is no longer a mom and pop shop situation. So you 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 need big investors, and so that money is kind of corralled into a corner. Plus, it's a very difficult job to do um, when you're doing it at that scale. So it's kind of a, uh, it's kind of a, uh, a situation. It's I, I'm forgetting the the good term for this, but the the situation in which you only have like a few players who co- collude. Well, well, I don't think that's the case. In in uh, America, that might be the case. In England, there are a lot more sort of individual farmers. Um, but you're right about the capital investment because buying the big machines costs money. So you might be in a situation where, oh, in order to do this to my field, I don't have this machine, mm-hmm. but I'm going to borrow from like two neighbors over because he has one of these machines, mm-hmm. right? But then we can't be using it at the same time, etc. Yeah. Yeah, um, that the, the the I kind of I kind of gave a dramatic representation of my idea, but I think it's true in all countries, basically, to a de- to a degree. Uh, when you have mm. this like split in the labor, like these three groups, that works pretty well. Um, the second group is um, it's it's not so much that it's. Uh, being corralled or colluded 
I kind of, I, I kind of phrase that poorly. It's more like, it's more like it's a very important part of society and you can't, you can't, um, in, you can't like do the, the mom and pop that easily. Usually you'd have to, because the land is not as cheap as it used to be. And most farms are, are, are kind of like descended or bought from previous owners who got it cheaply. Mm -hmm. But so, so if we think about this, uh, I would like to suggest that say the rise of China is very much like a doing number two a lot, right? Yeah. So instead, instead of service economy and instead of trying to like improve efficiency, it's like, no, no, we just actually have all the factories, right? And we make all the stuff and we, we do lots of labor and we export tons and tons and tons of products. This is true. In theory, uh, what you just said, it sounds like they're doing smart stuff, but, but I also hear they have a lot of the, of, of the other part of group one, which is like, um, bureaucracy. True, true. Um, and that that's in the same group as uh, service industry. Y yes, um, but I think they, I I'd imagine they probably have more problems with just malinvestment, right? Um, like like if you allocate capital to to building stuff that's not needed, I guess you could put that in one, but it gets fuzzy. Mm. Yeah. I, th I think the U.S., of course, is severely lacking in Group 2. Um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> but that could kind well, of yeah, yeah. necessarily... America is, like, America is the king of Group 1, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Particularly... Partly Group two, 3 as well, because there's a lot of innovation that comes out of the U.S. But then that mm. innovation is mostly actually used by China to then sell things to the U.S., the fun part mm. about what you just said is, yeah, we have a lot of group one and we do have a lot of group three, but the reason we have a lot of group three is because we have a lot of group one part, particularly that one word bankers. We have, uh, <laughs> we have control of the money supply. We do, mm. we do what we want. We don't ask, we don't ask permission. We, we funnel money from the bottom of the economy up to wherever we want it to go. And yeah, that's going to keep U.S. banks doing pretty well. And uh, yeah, U.S. businesses do pretty well because they get U.S. bank loans and stuff. Um, mm. <laughs> is that your definition? That's, that's the American version of profitability is how fast can you borrow? <laughs> as long as you, you, know, you don't go bankrupt, right? You just keep going more in debt. But that's that's unironically how you make billions of dollars because the because our system is like bar borrowing is like the cheap the cheat code that the elites figured out decades ago, and then so you could tap into that, basically. Right. Yeah. I I heard recently from somebody who works at Spotify that internally they they'd have to had had to make a bunch of changes. Suddenly in the past year they have to think about profitability. Where this was not a concern <laughs> at all before, because they just the previous year gone and secured a massive loan from the U.S. government, basically interest free, uh, <laughs> and so they were like, they were like, we didn't need to make money, we just need to like expand the user base, right? Even though mm -hmm. I think they're up in uh, you know 
many hundreds of millions of paying Spotify customers. Profitability was not a thought that. I mean, maybe vaguely, but like off in the future, some sometime. Right. This is this is what's termed blitz scaling, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That you just the the start of any business is to just spend money. get a ton of money, waste it as long as you just get the user base. You'll figure it out later how to be profitable. Okay, mm-hmm. right, you say that, but the real blitz scaling is uh, borrow money so you can hire more employees so that you look like you're growing and it's going to be a massively valuable company so you can get more investor money so that you can get more employees to get more investor money to get more employees right and then you go public and you sell you leave and then the company collapses behind you as lots of people lose money right oh jeez I hate that this sounds about right (laughs) (laughs) because there's so many companies who've done that right we've seen so many of them well, yeah, because you want to look, but it, but it's sort of you can think of it like evolutionarily, where the thing you said is true, which is like you want to grow, because you want to have this sort of monopoly position over the market and be able to take it, extract future profits. But as soon as people are looking for this pattern of extremely high growth companies, right now there's like an evolutionary niche niche for like, oh, I'll just look like one of these companies, but not actually be one, and that will <laughs> fool people. Right. True. It's so easy to forget that evolution also applies in the the business world. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, All right. Uh, Well, reading on, I suppose. Uh, Corporate Darwinism. Corporate Darwinism, Mm. yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I suppose reading on, most people used to be unquestionably in the second group. The third group has this exponential effect, where in the beginning they do very little, but because they build on the previous success of the group uh, in a way which other groups don't, they officially come to be the driving force of society. Today, although we aren't quite there yet, it is easy to imagine a few farmers farming all the land, extending their reach with automation and sensors. Or even, no farmers just machines, and more machines to fix the machines. But the machines would still be in group two. Group two is the basis of any economy. I set about classifying the top 30 jobs, two-thirds of the workforce, minor-level classification from uh, BLS.gov, in the U.S. into three groups, and I realized I should break group one down further for more clarity. The top four jobs consist of just moving stuff around, a clearly group one activity. Breaking down group one into three subgroups. 1M, mover of stuff, waiters, retail, clerks, drivers, bankers. 1E, fighters of entropy. Maids, doctors, nurses. 1B. People who tell other people what to do. Bosses of various sorts. Management, executives, specialists, 
uh, quote unquote finance, uh, sales, admins. I found teachers somewhat hard to classify as well. Uh, assuming education works, they are in group two, producing more productive people, like a tractor maker. If education is daycare, they're in group one. We gave them the benefit of the doubt and included them in group two. And surely not all computer occupations are group three, but that's how it's broken down. <clears throat> all right. Maybe, maybe we could break, break yeah. there. Um Basically, you have this pie chart in the article, which you can see if you follow the link and we managed to, to link properly. Mm. Uh, that, you know, about 70, 75% of the pie chart is... This one, is US jobs. Yeah, US jobs in this sample mm. is one, group one. And then there's a little bit of two of group three, which is about 5%. And then there's group two. At twenty one percent. Any thoughts, lads? I, I'm going to be honest. I thought Group Two was almost surprisingly large <laughs> for the U.S. Yeah, yeah, I I can agree. Although having seen um, like Smart Every Day's recent videos, he's doing like a series on like U.S. manufacturing and all the mm. manufacturing techniques. Uh, I'm like a. Wow, that's amazingly cool, and etc. But also, I'm sort of disappointed because many of these things, I bet we don't have here in Europe. I think actually the US is better at manufacturing than Europe is. Although I could be totally misunderstanding that. I mean, we make a lot of cars and stuff. Maybe I just have to go to Germany and I'll see how much Group 2 they have. Yeah, I feel like there's maybe a little hotspot of that in Central Europe with Italy and... um in germany but uh, scandinavia at the very least is very um <laughs> what do you how would you even say this affluent i suppose in that way we don't get dirty with our hands and make things ourselves yeah you're you just yeah, said... we, we make like ball bearings and that's about it <laughs> and some more stuff but yeah you just said the the u.s might be better at manufacturing and you weren't sure than europe well yeah because you just have i don't think on the on the edges right but in the sea of red in the middle those flyover states of yours um i think i think there's probably a I see. manufacturing there we do yeah we have some food production and stuff but we do we do a ton of importing um yeah i i was just trying to think for like 10 seconds there of of an example of a product made in the U.S. Uh, well, the thing like this, right? What? Well, here's here's my example. There are fabs in the U.S. for chips, right? Yes. Most of them are in Taiwan, and then there's China, and there's a you know some Japan there, and then there's you know the U.S. There's actually quite a lot of them in the U.S. And then you come to Europe, we none, none, none at all. Mm. Yeah. Right. Like there's a there's an EU project to like quickly hustle together a bunch of money and like spend 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 to get some form of fabbing capacity in Europe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and if you, I think if you look at um, manufacturing value as percentage of GDP, 
for the EU and the US is probably just falling. Yeah, and and the stereotype yeah. is right that Europe produces you know nice wine and cheese, uh, <laughs> but doesn't actually make like physical stuff. I mean, maybe we make nice cars, maybe we make fast <laughs> cars, but uh, you know they're like the the sort of cream goods as opposed to the base industry. Mm. Yeah, those are luxuries. Um... Okay, I had a quick look at the World Bank, <laughs> data.worldbank.org, which, I mean, okay, someone on the internet, I have no idea what this source really is. Um, but manufacturing value-added percentage of GDP United States currently is 11% in the wow. US. And then in the EU, it's 15 <laughs> Wow. Wow. Dude, we were mistaken. So it is... Uh, barely a little bit better in the EU. You guys really are the kings of Type One, then. What about um? What about mining or um oil, things like that? Uh, I don't know if I c- can get that data all that. I know well, that I rem- you guys. I remember the US leading in either oil or coal for a while there. Uh, yeah, you're you're doing decade. excellent on on oil, but you don't export any of it. We would very much like to buy. But we, really you know, stopped. some of us would very much like to sell some to you, but there's a there's a bunch of environmentalists in charge here, or something. You know, we're not allowed to make our own energy, and energy co- costs a lot. Gas is high, gas prices. Anyway, uh, yeah, but the U.S. is great. Just we, you know, we just handicap ourselves all the time. Um. Let's see. Yeah, maybe we should. You could finish reading the article, and then I would like mm. to know why you guys think this happens. Because I developed a theory for. Why I like to hear your theory. Yeah, mm. go go ahead and read it if you want to. All right. I would like to dive into this further, as the categories used from the Bureau of Labor Statistics were rather crude. You can dive even deeper in. Uh, you can dive even deeper than minor categories. I'd also like to see this analysis done for China, as perhaps this is a U.S.-specific problem that only predicts the decline of the U.S. But this makes my point, that Group 1 jobs have been growing at the expense of Group 2. They are now 73% of U.S. jobs. Group 1 jobs do not contribute to the money creation as a whole, and it is concerning to consider what will happen if this trend continues. We cannot have a worldwide economy of Group 1 jobs, as just like the town, the whole world would end up going broke. And that's the end of the article. Right. Okay. Uh, so let me see if I can uh, like logic you into my theory here, mm. which is, uh, say you have you know, gr- a group that is producing money. Or like things of value. Mm. Um, the things of value become very unvaluable very quickly if there's nobody to buy them, right? So if you have like a closed system, if you can't go to exports, but even even if you go to exports, right, you export one thing to import another thing, right? Like mm. you haven't made it disappear. So you have this production of value. 
And uh, you could imagine in a traditional society where you have like grain and stuff, right? If you have ability to store things, right? You can basically start hoarding or accruing wealth uh, in various things, right? You could imagine some kind of European model where you build nice things, nice buildings, cathedrals, houses, etc. Mm. Right? Um, and that's where you, you can sort of channel this money, right? And so my theory is essentially that if you have... unless unless the value can go somewhere group two things have to stop uh existing essentially right and so the theory is basically consistent inflation means that saving a la hoarding or value is penalized and so people move into doing the service stuff right because if I have this money and like the inflation is encouraging me to spend, well, I might as well just like make things nicer with these services, mm. right? Like I might I might get a new haircut. I could go to a restaurant, etc. Right. True. Right. Inflation wouldn't encourage you to buy more bread. Right. Right. And well, and so this is where like the um, Keynesians go wrong because they'll say, "Oh, the economy is doing bad." what we need to do is we need to stimulate demand that'll put the economy back on track right right Make so they print a bunch spend. of money and start handing it out to people mm. right but then it's like no you didn't you didn't produce the wealth right production comes before consumption right if you actually want to come out of it you have to like go out and start doing type two stuff right yeah. you have to start building you have to start putting in effort and i think there's this effect where basically the well the, the the nation is rich because for the same reason you know the nation is rich when old men plant trees they will never stand, sit in the shade of or whatever mm. um the nation is rich when people are working hard to produce but not consuming right right which means that they are s- saving Yes. Right. They're essentially working, 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 and just accruing wealth, and the wealth is piling up around them in various forms. I mean, it would be money most of the time, like just actual, actual normal fiat money. Yeah. I'm seeing like I'm seeing like ten different ways I could think about this thing that you just said. Are, are you? Do, oh, you have, do you have any more you would like to say? No, no, that was about it. Right. So the theory is, if you encourage saving, then people can just produce, produce, produce. Uh, because you can sell the things like the money created can just go into people's bank accounts and people can strive to have larger bank accounts in case of a rainy day. They can also make bigger capital investments. They can take risks. You know, these things are important for type two stuff, but not so important for service. Actually, Sander, you go first. I'll I'll respond. Okay, yeah, I I find the, the, the idea that Pushing consumption uh, will not push, will increase um, spending in sort of group one or spending on group one type, call it products or services. Yeah. Uh, It's like people might 
if they feel like I might as well just get rid of my money right now by spending it because it's getting devalued, they're going to spend it on uh, getting extra manicures and massages and um, various things that are not creating permanent stores of value. Yeah. Uh, You Mm. don't become hungrier and need to buy bread and apples more often by by this. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, ironically, it's sort of it's sort of like you're essentially saying, "Oh, I had this money lying around, so I might as well treat myself to some like, uh, you know, some slaves." Essentially, I'm gonna mm-hmm. be like some really wasted, uh, you know, aristocrat from <laughs> you know millennia <laughs> past, where they just like lie around and have stuff to, you know, bring them things. Mm. Okay, uh, trying to counter this. Would, unless you would like to go for your thing first, uh, Nick. No, you you can you can finish. Okay, so uh, the <laughs> the counter would be maybe something like, well, it'll increase imports as well because people will be more interested in buying random luxury goods. Um, I can upgrade my camera now, and I suppose mm. that would be an import, so that would be bringing value out of the country, but. But if the country did have production of these things, uh, of luxury goods, then surely it would increase consumption of those as well. Uh, I I think so to an extent, yes. But it's it's a question of it's 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 harder to save in cameras than it is to save in dollars. Right. <laughs> Very true. Yes. It's hard. Or the classic example is it's hard to save in like Matrix DVDs <laughs> than it is. Even the Matrix DVD is like a physical thing, <laughs> right? <laughs> you, you buy a bunch of Matrix DVDs and then you're just the guy with a bunch of Matrix DVDs. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure there is some sort of dark economy of Matrix DVDs. <laughs> you're, talking about the, you're talking about the movie from 1999? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was like a, I thought for a second it was like a Matrix DVD format or something. So no, no. Uh, I literally just saw this example once. They were like, "Oh, could you start your own currency?" Well, in theory, you know, you could start trading for things for Matrix else or Matrix DVDs, <laughs> but I then everybody they... else would have to agree that that's the currency. <laughs> Yeah, or uh, or bottle caps like Fallout. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, sorry, did you did you answer Sandra or no? Well, that that would simply be be my point. That because I thought about that this as well, right? That you could just trade. Um, there's almost this thing. I mean, crypto might actually be turning this around because imagine, like your own currency is weak, right? You you live. Uh, you know, in in the third world or something, right? So your own. Imagine you live in like Zimbabwe, uh, with mm. with Mugabe, right? And so your dollars, your like Zimbabwe dollars, right, are just liquidating out of your hands, right? They're disappearing. <laughs> and so the thing you really would like to try buy is an American dollar, right? Because if you could import one of them, and get and have that, then you could save. And so. Mm. There's an opportunity there with, where you can have like 
better currencies outside of the economy. But then you just have access to a hard currency, right? So in a sense, that's like saying there is an inflation. This is... Yeah, go ahead. Okay, uh, this is a little bit of a tangent. So uh, that's what we're here for. I want to let this one die once I've done the thing. But um, the thing of let's you're in a a very uh, inflationary currency, and you're looking Mm -hmm. for one that's more stable or more deflationary because you would rather store your value in there. Um, Mm. Is I would think a good source of competition between countries now that money is no longer on a standard. It is now more pretty much uh, stock in the U.S. government if you have dollars. Uh, mm-hmm. If faith disappeared from the from the world stage, faith disappeared in the USA, then the dollar would devalue. So it's not a it's not a clear it's like a stock in a company, except it's a country now. Mm-hmm. That's what money is. If uh, if a com- if a country decided we are not going to print now, uh, and that then that would essentially increase the value gradually, if it if they produce any value at all, because um, mm-hmm. that wouldn't necessarily immediately become deflationary. But compared to other every other currency, it would be. Um, this should then be an incentive to to cease so that your value, your currency would be the store of value preferred by everyone else who is suffering from an inflationary currency. Mm-hmm. So so I would like to agree with you, but Nick will be able to make the case very elegantly for Nick. Why would you, as a country, say you're China, why would you try to inflate or like debase your own currency on the global oh, market? Yeah, yeah. Uh, because I said because of the article I sent you, yeah, um, yes. Uh, so the pieces are not coming to mind. The the you're... well, it's 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 connected to you. Basically, get the type two people, right? Yes, it's it's a way to control the type two people in your own economy. So basically, China. They devalue their currency even faster than the U.S. devalues theirs, and this creates you know higher inflation. And inflation is a great lubricant for an economy in terms of uh, volatility of money. It's uh, yeah, because because you you covered that earlier. You got it right um, when you were talking, Sam, about how um, if if the if if a, if a, if a, if, a, if a, your like dollar is getting more valuable by the day, you're gonna save it. But if it's getting less valuable by the day, you want to throw it away. You want to get rid of it and get something else in return. Ideally, something that lasts forever. But we don't need things that last forever all the time. And we have all these dollars. So we got to just throw them away. Uh, It would be smart if we saved them for these things that we wouldn't actually need. But we don't. And I think it could be argued that one of the reasons that the world has gotten more consumeristic has been these new monetary theories running our fiat money yeah absolutely mm. i think that's a i think that's probably a big reason a lot of things have gone wrong now um well, well so, so to clear up the case right why does america not have any manufacturing when it used to do so right? because one of the reasons is china yes. came out with a master plan it's all money uh, a master plan yeah 
where it basically on purpose devalues its own currency because yep. then it becomes cheaper to buy from China. And so they get all the manufacturing. Whoa. China, dude, dude, China carved USA into its own chest while like kneeling at the USA's feet and was like, I got you, man. And the USA's like, well, I can't ignore you now. You have to, you can do things for me, man. I, and you're, you're offering to do them for like two bucks an hour. Yeah. I'll hire you to do my taxes. But it's, but like in terms of like the whole economy. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. So, so yeah. So you don't want to devalue your currency. What, so what, what was that the answer to Sam? Well, okay. Oh, I actually think I have, there's an even deeper thing here, right? Which is we were saying. And also I'll have nation. a quick partial thing. There's of course also yeah. paying that debt is a lot easier if you print money. Yes. So that's oh, an obvious yeah, one. Yes. But yes. If it's in your yeah. own currency. If it's in yeah. your own, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so what, what I was, I just realized, we were saying that in order to have type two people, you need uh, a place for the money to go, for the value to go, right? Mm. And what's interesting is, this I think is kind of opposite to what I was saying before which is from China's perspective, right? They are producing all this stuff. They have all these type two people. They're just exporting. I mean, they're majorly, majorly exporting, mm -hmm. right? And so they should be accruing all this wealth, right? But what do they do? They basically flush it all down the toilet by on purpose devaluing their, their currencies uh, and buying up a bunch of US debt with the, the money. So like the Chinese, the Chinese, yeah, the, the Chinese government, not the Chinese people, but, but the Chinese government on purpose makes sure its population stays poor because then yes. they have to continue to be type two people and they have to, have exactly. to continue working. Exactly. And this means that they they basically get the world's type two jobs. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, that is that is a wall moment. You covered it. You just you just brilliantly covered it because it's so it's so it's actually brilliant. Wow! A, like if we're playing a game of Civilization, it's like Sid Meier's Civilization on Steam, and and like you're playing China. This is like how you would max like min max your economy <laughs> right here. So it's it, it is pretty clever on their part. It's a little it's a little it's a little rude to your people to <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Put, put yeah. Them, you, you drag them down. But for, but if you think about it right, like <laughs> like national reasons. Like an individual could be responsible and say, well, okay, I'm working hard every day and I'm very frugal, so I don't spend much money and then I become rich, right? Mm. China is doing that on the nation level where it's like, we will enslave our people to the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. But then in two centuries time, we will own the whole world because we will have accrued all that wealth. Mm -hmm. mm. Right. It's like we work for everybody now, but we will rule everybody tomorrow in a sense their store of value is in their population yeah but also in like the fact that they just have all the factories and the know-how and like all the supply chains mm. uh, and everything well and the fact that they managed that they, they're saving also in our inability to do anything ourselves right yeah it's like your savings account is the rot in your enemy's country. <laughs> Relatively speaking, and in the game of economics, that's all that matters. You are yeah. coming out ahead. If you drag your opponent behind, yeah. Yeah. 
I feel like that can be sharpened into a very potent quote. Yeah. But but uh, that's probably true though. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The the there's there's a difficult thing here, which is they might we might be saved by the fact that they just botched their demographics so hard that <laughs> all this manufacturing dies. <laughs> it, it, yeah. You know who who knows who knows. They could, they've adapted though, so it's I'm not I'm not sure China's going anywhere anytime soon. Oh yeah, but they're about a billion right now. Um, yes. Oh, they're they're shrinking. You're right. They're shrinking. Population. Well, well, okay, okay, okay. So according to this is some like quick Google, but according to at by 2050 they will be 100 and or 1.3 billion in China, mm-hmm. but will fall to below 800 million by. 2100 i see so they're not shrinking they are decelerating that's what it is well and they also just have a massive they they have a massive group that will enter retirement soon Mm. yeah so they have this they have this like huge population bulge right now in working age but then when they those people become old i mean you could imagine like savage china is like we are so all in that we just like the people get old we just send them off to camps or something right to not pay for them so that we can keep conquering the world that'd be insane (laughs) but um yeah right like you know you work somebody for their entire life and then they retire and you don't give back you just say no it's for the nation (laughs) you're done now (laughs) yeah so a quick Google uh, Google thing, yeah. So right now they're at one point four billion, and the graph looks as though they're going to plateau around one point five or one point six, um, in a couple decades. What, and not go down. I that's the hard thing to predict because it's it's China. You never know if the the if their system's going to collapse is- or or what happens over there, but. Um, this is a very new. This is a very modern view in in terms of the general populace that the birth rate is shrinking. Their birth, yeah, yeah. That that is uh, it, like I didn't learn about that until like last year. Yeah, me too. Me too. Mm. Well, I I I was aware that we were not growing, but it it only dawned on me, like you said, about last year. How absolutely dangerous this is. Mm-hmm. Well, so to be clear, we are growing. Uh, just our growth rate well, no, is declining. No, 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 no. So all nations around the world, except Israel and maybe some other exception. Oh, well, except, say, like Nigeria. All, all, stuff, Western, right? all Western all, nations. All, all, yeah, exactly. All like developed in the sense that they're like fully industrialized and stuff. All those nations have below replacement birth rates. Right. Yeah. That, yeah, sure. But, um, but the population is still growing because those are two separate things. Right. Right. But the only reason the population is growing is because the old people uh, haven't died quick the, enough yet. That, that is immigration. No, well, it's because you, you have this, imagine you have like a bulge lower down. And so you have, basically, in previous generations, previous generations were smaller, right? Mm. 
but the generations younger than us or younger than say our parents are also smaller right and so as the sort of widest generation gets older and older and older and older right that's where the growth comes from mm yeah right uh but but that high population is not useful because it's it just means a bunch of people in care homes yeah with nobody to take care of them yeah right also oh this is a complete side note but it's something i heard the other day um which was very interesting right if you buy you know we're we're all good decent people here right so we agree that immigration is good Mm, yes very good yeah yeah we all agree immigration is good if you concede yeah if if you uh, uh if you accept that immigration is like a divine you know good just in its own right mm. then it must be bad for the countries where people are emigrating from may i uh may i uh, poke you on this for a second yeah uh do you uh are you advocating for open borders worldwide or something? Well, uh, I'm, I'm just saying, of course, I as a good person, you know, I'm advocating for maximum amount of immigration to the country in which I live because that's what all good and decent people would say. But if that is true, then it must be bad for the countries in which they are coming from because they have like negative immigration. Yes. Mm. Right. So, e- so so even if you are in the immigration is good club then it's bad for somebody else right you're like screwing somebody else over if that is true and so hmm. it's probably still a bad idea interesting i'm going to try posing that to some people when i engaging other conversations and see what they think if because we are clearly robbing those other countries of valuable yeah, people yeah, yeah. You... hmm oh, yeah. i seem to remember there was this period in time where europe went over the across the world and <sighs> stole things true t- took them home right yeah, yeah, yeah i believe it's it's quite openly criticized i think it's called colonialism yeah some something, something like, like the that. the tr- the the transatlantic uh, uh... <laughs> oh shit Okay. The yes. something's a trade, right? <laughs> the, the 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 save trade. Yes. They saved people. Yeah, they rescued them. I think that's a bad comparison, though. But sure. <laughs> yes, but it it is well. It's a voluntary version of the same thing, right? And that. Wait, wait, no, because if you if you bring that up to somebody, yeah. right, they think that that was bad for all people, right? The reason immigration supposedly is good is because. You live in a rich country, and it is a good thing that you allow people in poorer nations to come live out their dream in your nation. Mm. Right? It's good for them, right? And then uh, it's supposedly good for you because it boosts your economy. And I guess it's good for you because then there are people to take care of people in the care homes. It's good for Uh, you in a couple of ways. The only reason... It's good for you also in property values because there's more people... Property is more valuable. Yeah. Well, only if you own property, right? Which I don't. Um, so sad, right? But if you have, <laughs> if your population is steadily growing because you can increase uh, 
immigration or something that's one way to oh yeah, sweep yeah. Them under the rug. there's a yeah so it, it allows you to sweep all these population collapse problems under the rug and pretend they don't exist yeah so you you know you know what the exactly that's why that's the immigration is a big hide like a it's like a sheet covering the problem um mm. do you uh do you do you have a good idea of like the negatives of uh the the, the oh, possible negatives of immigration of of uh like what yeah, you would want to yes restrict? yes there, there are potentially many such things but of course, I'm not a bad person, so I would never discuss such things. Okay. Uh, but but uh, <laughs> it's I I think it'll be an interesting thing. You know, I, it's on my list of things to do to, when I meet people who are like immigration good, right? Uh, to to well to to suggest that okay, well if immigration good, then emigration must be bad, and therefore why are you doing this bad thing? to these other countries who are clearly mm. poorer than you and need all the help they can get right mm -hmm. true it's a, it's a it's a very very interesting take i do like that that's gonna be stored all right anyway is it a good, we can is it a go. good thing for a local town if a rich person like is it a good thing if like a rich uh european comes into an african village and stays there for like 10 days and keeps like just handing people like a hundred euros for like a cup of coffee and stuff. No, that's then, not like, good either. And then he leaves, and then like what what happens to the local economy? Well, no, it it like blows up, right? This is a demo. Well, they would spend it all in like two seconds. Well, no, but not only that is you completely break all the local like. You know, yeah. If you think about the market as an imperfect but somewhat the like balance is gone. working computer that's calculating the value of everything, right? You drop some like way off price signals in there, and you just throw everything into chaos. It's like it's like you know that game Agario. Uh yes. Agar.io with the, like do you yeah, have yeah, a circle yeah, and yeah. it beats to the other circles? It's like yeah. it's like if a guy was like a a huge circle and then like came yeah. over to like five small circles and and like didn't absorb them but like he does the w like he's he just starts vomiting uh you can do it in the game you can like send oh, yeah, out yeah, small yeah. bits yeah you're you can right. feed you can it you can feed it somebody else yeah so you can give pieces of yourself to someone else and, um, yeah, so, so if you did that and you just send it in the general vicinity, it probably gets absorbed by one person. They become massively big and just eat everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> right, which 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 works with the market analogy, which is like, oh, I took a cab or a taxi, and so I paid the person a hundred euros, right, and then they proceed to go out and buy everything in the village, right, <laughs> and. And now it's like people can't get food because like some guy came and took all the bread. Bought it all, and then, right. and then if you if, if you think about it as well, it's like a massively inflationary event as well, right? If you think a government coming in and spending like suddenly spending lots of money that came exactly. from nowhere, that's exactly what you're doing is you're bringing in money from Elsewhere. outside of the economy, right? In yeah. 
and it's going to cause massive inflation. And then That's, the people who happen yeah, yeah. to get the money earlier on are going to arbitrarily become way richer. That's exactly why diversification is such a big deal. Uh, because you want to be exposed to different parts of the economy because they're all going to be operating independently of each other to some degree. And they're all going to coexist and connect to each other based on world events, of course. But uh, hmm. Or whatever the U.S. is doing at the moment, like smelling, hmm. its, like, uh, smelling its finger or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we have reached the peak of our economic... Uh... Uh, commentary that's fun yeah true true is there something else you wait are we gonna try get back on track or are we just gonna embrace the a tangent i think we've run out of track we've run out of official track the article is over i think we've discussed uh most of our theories about the, the the surrounding the topic of the article, unless you have more. Well, yeah, okay. Maybe we could summarize. We could do like personal summary. Sure. My personal summary would be, um, if if, yeah. well, okay. So there's an interesting thing here where I'm very much pro the Monero economy, right? Mm. The idea being that if everything everybody was running Monero, you'd have very hard money then you'd basically get the shrinkage of type one people. Like ideally, like I go eat at restaurants sometimes, but really maybe I should probably do the Luke Smith thing of stop doing that, right? I should mm -hmm. do a picnic, right? Yeah. It, it, may, it would probably be good for the economy, at least for all the management to disappear. And like, you know, cooks make tasty food. They can probably stay. <laughs> but most of this type one part of the economy needs to go mm. and so if that that would be encouraged by having hard money and people basically saving instead of spending on services that would be great <laughs> but then i'm also thinking maybe that actually makes you get out competed by somebody like china because your citizens in this economy are going to work less Mm -hmm. right so maybe it has to be paired with like you have the hard money and then you also have to have some like extreme religious further so that they can all donate the m money to cathedrals right that would be like the ultimate you need people who save and save and save and save and save and don't waste money and then spend it all on like other things right so it's like what do you mean by other things if you build lots of because well so if 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 you build a bunch of cathedrals i would consider that a win and i'm pretty sure people in like a thousand years time would be very thankful and consider it a big win mm. whilst if you bought like haircuts maybe less so. yeah sam what do you think <laughs> right yeah or if you bought manufacturing equipment. Well, as that would be like a good investment. I think I think investment is is fine. Mm. That would be um but but I don't like the modern like investment of we try to make a boatload of money off of a company that's growing ultra fast. Right. Because that's also like wasteful. It also tends to be nowadays the quick growing companies just tend to be group one. Like 
Spotify is just moving audio files around. Yeah, yeah. It's not really manufacturing. So yeah, we we should probably let this simmer in our brains and then come back to it at some point. But that was sort of my idea where my summary would be clearly evidence for Monero, maybe. <laughs> but then maybe you you probably can't only do that, right? You probably need other things as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, if, right. if I I guess I'll go with the route of sort of thinking of this as what are, what are the actionable steps you as an individual you can who's listening to this can can mm-hmm. take in order to try and do something about this because a lot of it is happening on such a large world stage scale that either you have to try and become part of the the mysterious elves that run these <laughs> these nations uh, to try and play this game or you remain a human and and you try and do the little thing that you can uh and i think doing the luke smith thing of avoiding restaurants and avoiding um in further inflating the um the group one uh people Mm-hmm. is useful i also think mm-hmm. uh that specifically group 1b so the bosses the management executives uh sales administrators those type of people uh what some might call the professional managerial class avoiding companies and sections of the economy that are fraught with this kind of uh, work, quote unquote work, <laughs> uh, is also useful. Avoiding so, uh, jobs where you're under the thumb of someone like this, avoiding HR, avoiding taking these kind of um, um, uh, what are they called certifications, avoiding um, looking for certifications if you're hiring for your own company. That sort of thing. Mm, mm, mm. You were about to say something. Yeah, I, I would just. Yeah, I just. You can't diss sales like that, <laughs> uh, right? In, in my heart, I'm a maker, and so I'm very distrustful of sales. But I've also mm. learned that sales sales are vital. <laughs> so you can't, it, it's not fair. Maybe like d- did hearts lump sales in with the group one B? Yes. He did. Yeah, I don't think that's accurate. No, I if think anything was... they should be one M. Yeah, they because they're a mover. Definitely a mover. That's true. Oh, sales. Yeah, yeah. They because sales Te- are like important to yeah. enabling too. Well, well, the the problem is see see these are very blurry lines because yeah, sales could be in one, but sales could also be in one B where it is. Oh, true, true, because true. it's because it's along the lines if of if you're selling uh, services of uh, finance. Uh, heck, bankers. Oh, I guess bankers are movers, aren't they? Yeah, but um, heck, sales could be the group three of one uh, M because they increase how much someone is able to move. Like sales is a very it's tough one to even categorize in this. Yeah, well, if anything, maybe sales actually are like meta group three. 
Right. Yeah. Does right, but because because group three is like improving the efficiency of group two, right? And sales, mm. if done right, is increasing the amount of activity in the economy, right? Does sales by facilitating sales? Does sales include marketing? Yes, I think so. Uh, yes, it does. So then you're saying sales are included in the movers of stuff category. I, I that's fine because marketing it's a bit of a blurry thing. Could, could I could I could I could I say one thing on this article? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. This is a this is a fantastic article and uh, George crushed <laughs> it. But first of all, and then 10 second, out of 10 amazing. 10 out of 10. Would read again. Would read again. This is, um, I want to, I want to launch a tiny, so yeah. So the article kind of, it gives you the three groups, the, um, let's see. You can hear the cogs ticking. Okay, service industry. So service industry, and then the the direct money producers, value producers, the like the farmers, the miners, the manufacturers. Then the third one is the efficiency improvers for the second group. Um, so yeah, you look at those three, and you're like, why do we need the first? That that's exactly the point. <laughs> the first one is this. Uh, I have that instinct too. The first one is this uh, non-essential category, and that's what he said. He said if if, and it's also it's also one obviously, two of the categories would die if left alone, but and this is one of them. But, um, so the, all of that's true. It 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 kind of sucks if you look at it those those ways, but the thing is the 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 group one stuff, isn't, useless. Or something it's not just non-essential it's also luxury and convenience so people would people pay for the luxury of spending less time cooking or something like microwaves or yeah. uh, faster cars um computers computers would be mostly in this category in group one but some some of computer use, yeah, a, a tiny minority of overall computer use, at least human computer use, is done in in category like two, mm. um, or yeah. but, three, but it, it isn't a bit of type one enabling as well. I'm thinking, if uh, or maybe uh, if somebody comes to clean your factory, right. Cleaning as a service, but maybe we think that they're somehow producing a clean factory. Maybe um, well, at that I point, they're like increasing they the efficiency are... of the the factory, in the, that machines don't break down as often. Possibly, uh, miners don't get or workers don't get sick as much. That sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, right. So you, you think that basically the pit the pit crew for two <laughs> gets included in three? Uh, well, no, no, more like because I'd argue that three three was supposed to be exponential. Which yeah, I more don't like think included in one. These services no, are. I would call it maintenance yeah, and keep it in one and sort of fighters of entropy. Yeah. So, oh, true, uh, true. Which is what I yes, think yes. specifically fighters of entropy is 
probably the most valuable thing in there. Of course, you need bosses, you need a coordination to some extent, uh, but the yeah. <coughs> fighters yeah. of entropy, like firefighters and things like this, I while possibly not completely, uh, um, ne- uh, what's the, ter- the term you literally just used, uh, necessary, uh, they are extremely valuable <laughs> mm. to have nurses and doctors and firefighters. Um, but but okay, so we we can be you know happy with just the fact that uh, that we do think a little bit of one is useful and necessary, mm. but most of it is not. Yes. Well, it's not necessary. It's just highly convenient. Well, some of it is necessary. We don't, we don't need one. No, two can survive on its own. It's just that without one, two, two survives, but very, very hardly. Yeah. Very, like, okay, okay, true, true. Mm. That's a very hard limit. But take the... Um, so to the mine example, I'm thinking if you have somebody cooking food for the miners, right, while they're at work, right... This is not group three because it's not like an exponential thing. It's not a technology thing, right? It is a service, right? So it's not type two, but it's definitely like the support staff for type two. Yes. Right? It's sort of like linearly helping along with their work. Yeah, you can increase their efficiency. Mm-hmm. And I think largely the problem enters when you think of one group one B as a separate good a sort of, oh, wouldn't it be more great if we had more managers managing managers? True, true, true. Yeah, yeah. So what, I, what I'm saying there is just like group three derives its goodness from supporting two, the, the, ones, the ones that support two also have a little bit of this effect, but only in that they enable... Uh, value production to happen and it's not consumption because it's nice yes right so the value of group one exists from being connected to group two exactly yeah so does three it's an add-on so so group one and three are both add-ons to group two Mm. it's actually weird that it's group two and not group one i would list it as group i would list group two as group one and probably group one has. <laughs> oh no, this is about to get real confusing. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, if, Actually, if, I don't know so, what I would say. The two so let, yes. let's take an ancient moment here. If you were a medieval, you'd absolutely do that. You go look there at the peasants first. They make everything happen. Whatever, mm. right? It's because it's because George Hotz lives in twenty. In the 2020s, he looks around him and picks the most common category first. Oh, oh yeah, probably. That is probably the case. What? Most common category of what? Of wor- worker. Of people, right? He's like, he, he looks around society oh, yeah. and he's like, I see a lot of this thing. I'll call that one. Somewhere yeah. there are twos. I know that. And then I'm a three, right? They're pretty rare. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm genuinely kind of mortified by the seventy-three percent. That's a lot. Yeah, it did. It doesn't shock me. Um, you know, I every so often go listen to the not related episode on 
you know, the economy is fake. Yes, the jobs are fake. Everything is fake. Do you know why we have that 73%? No. It's, it's a sudden, it's a sudden, very quick uh, uptick in wealth locally within the, the USA and the West. Um, so you think if you actually had to pay back on that huge debt you've accrued, that um, that would go down? No. Uh, well, well, yes. Okay, well, can you imagine, can you imagine that? Ch- the bill came due. Now you have to serve China, right? Look, that's, now that's, that's a little indirect. The more direct way when we're talking about like people, the population, yeah. is that the... Uh, is like the U.S. population, like in the fifties, they were buying like fridge, fridges, cars, and stuff like that, and 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 that was the first time consumerism started the boom, and ever since then it's just grown consumerism, obviously, but that's yeah. that's that's a that's a symptom of having a lot of excess, but I'd uh, argue a lot that's... of expendable like uh, wealth. If you only had yeah. enough to like get by and there weren't all these products sustained by millions of people buying them every day then yeah. people would have money for important things because there would but only be important things to buy so, so so arguably though i just to push back i think the fi- in the 50s it definitely just was wealth accruing of wealth right and we shouldn't demonize the wealth itself buying a fridge is the reason we do too Right, we're producing the fridges, right, so that people can have fridges. Right? That was the point. The point was to be wealthy and have lots of things. Um, but in the fifties, you're right. They're they're sort of people are working hard and they're buying all these things. If you imagine the technological improvement of somebody's home and like how much richer they're actually becoming, it's incredible. Yeah. Um, but then there's like a phase shift of that happening, and now. I guess you're buying music. You're buying streaming services instead of fridges. <laughs> yes. Yeah, a fridge. Fridge is definitely a lot closer to necessary. But um, yeah, streaming services. But then some people might say, "Oh, I need a streaming service," and then it's like all subjective. So it's really <laughs> but also, a matter but also, of I, one's own. Yeah, yeah, but but I think that's actually so ironic in a sense. Look, I need to pay for this service so that I can be distracted and get less stuff done. Hmm. Right? I need to pay money to lower my productivity and my output. Yeah, that one's actually kind of strange because it's not a supercharged form of relaxation or leisure. It's no more leisurely than uh taking a nap in the, in the sun mm. but yet you're paying for it in fact you 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 probably gain much more from lying in the sun true yeah yes um <coughs> what's what's a better example like paying for um google play storage for or, or uh, Google Drive storage for your photos on your phone. Yeah. Mm. Something yeah. that's Own, a lot, owning, lot more Owning hard drives pretty would important. be the wealth, right? What? Owning hard drives would be yeah. the wealth. Renting space is the service. Well, that's exactly what they do. Yeah. 
Wait, isn't there... There might be a totally different track as well here. That by making everything into ones, right? And into services, uh, companies can extract way more money from you yes. than if they were making twos. I think this is partly what yes. he meant by the transaction fees. Yes. Yes. No, the transaction fees... Well, yeah, the transaction fees are like everybody in the chain has to eat food. Yeah, that's no, right. right. That's one example. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Everybody in the chain has to eat and like drive yeah, okay, places, etc. Yeah, no, the transaction fees are more just referring to like banking fees. Like eventually... But that also... Oh, banking fees and taxes, like external sucks that no one can get around where money well, well, yeah. drains out of the pool. Well, yeah, but even even so, if I'm a middleman, like if I'm providing you a service, right? Like I have to do other, like all the fleshy humans in the chain also just cost ambient like entropy. You could think of it that way as well. Mm. Right, just that you can't do the perpetual motion machine, so you especially can't do the perpetual motion machine of humans paying each other. <laughs> right, yeah. No, no, but you can you could waste a lot of time and uh, and keep a lot of people busy that way, though. Yeah, yeah but they at least they'd as a hungry. part of your economy, not all of it. Yeah, yeah, as a part, yeah. It's kind of like it's kind of it's kind of like fat storage. You know what? You know that's perfect. It's just like a human body. Right. You store excess fat when you eat too much. And then when you don't have enough food, you use up the fat storage for energy. And you what? and you get a lot you out of that. You cannibalize the populace? What? Yeah, so <laughs> the population yes, in the oh West, my God. It's, 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 both, it's like literally getting fatter also. So it kind of helps the metaphor. <laughs> but like the poor, the, so like yeah. the population is growing. That... The, the amount of people doing stuff that's important is not staying constant, but it's not growing nearly as fast as the overall population. So all these new people that come into being that don't have jobs for themselves and haven't had the upbringing to, I don't know, figure something out. It's, uh, you, you, yeah, you're just going to create a lot of problems. And that's, that's what happens. I just want to say that I distance myself from uh, from Nick's uh, fat phobic commentary. <laughs> I hate fat people. You've heard it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have uh, we have gone past your initial request here of one hour, Nick. Uh, mm, yeah. So we should. Probably, I should. I should sleep, dude. Gonna do stuff tomorrow. Mm. <laughs> Something like I, that. Here as well. I kind of forgot about that. Yeah, dude. The, I, I like. The, I like the fact that, that I think it's ironic. So Nick is the guy who uh, we had to just time for, and then he's like, "Oh, could we cut it short? I'm a bit tired." <laughs> right. Meanwhile, <laughs> me and Sander are up. It's, it's currently two thirty. Am yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's let's get you boys in bed. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening. Yes. We'll catch you next time. Hopefully, we'll keep this up. Yes. Uh, what was it every week or every? We'll try to do every week, but we'll see what we can do. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the, an occasional schedule, but there will be more episodes. This much is guaranteed. Mm. It is known. That's that's that works. It is known. Okay.
Thank you for listening.